Welcome back, Dodecadorics. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Roos. That's me. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. Jordan playing Richter. Good evening. And me, Paul, playing Matchmaker. Okay, so here are some gimmies, like Roos and Pender, Roos and Ebby, <laughs> Nari and Kira, and even Pine and that mustard guy. But how about these pairings? Polkin and Porthos? Richter and, I don't know, a sword? Ooh. <laughs> Nari and Adjudicator Kippen? Nari and Dr. Sidney? Sabrina and Evangeline Lily? <laughs> you forgot to mention the uh, that one barmaid doing the poem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to give you some crap. <laughs> Nari and every female character that ever gets mentioned. It's not yes. my fault. Paul picks such hot tokens. <laughs> we can we can talk about that um, as well at some point. But anyway, we're glad that you swiped right and matched with us. Don't forget our Patreon, Discord, shop for merch, and ratings and reviews. Anyway, if you had a hard time choosing who to hang out with at the Gold Saucer, then ditto. And this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 92. all the way <laughs> it was so awkward just for the comedy it was so great could you choose barrett oh yeah i loved picking him it was painful if you yeah, if, if, in the original is if you were a total like enough of a jerk to to, to both tifa and Aerith, then yeah you could have a date with barrett oh my gosh that's so funny tizar it burns the voice of Katona, the living canvas, startles Tazar from his daydream. He rises up slowly, using his crutches and locking the braces on his knees. I'm coming, Katona, he calls as he moves as quickly as possible to the writhing figure of his living canvas being held in the strong arms of her husband, a man named Rivas. What burns? Tazar asks, his voice full of concern. Katona is in too much pain to answer, but Rivas answers, one of the prophecies, one of the marks, see? he says, pulling up the layers of leather and fur to show Katona's back. Covered in tattoos, more now, even since the visit from Tazar's sister Nari, it doesn't take long for him to recognize which tattoo is causing Katona so much anguish. Over her right kidney, a stylized flame in a circle, done in black ink, is no longer black. The lines on Katona's skin are bright cherry red, like metal straight from the forge. Tazar reaches down and touches the strange tattoo, expecting the sting of heat, but his fingers only feel flesh, no warmer than normal. Tazar stares at this strange event, unmoving, not knowing how or why this is happening. Far to the east, in a different mountain range, deep beneath the snow-capped peaks and forested valleys, the city of Gildazan is in turmoil. Scarcely two weeks before, a crack opened up in the floor of the cavern surrounding the subterranean city and an entire neighborhood was consumed in liquid-hot magma and flame. Now more cracks are opening throughout the cavern, magma flowing out, buildings burning, people fleeing, crying, and dying. Throughout the cavernous vault of Gildazan, a voice can be heard reverberating around the walls, echoing up from underneath where the magma spits and pops. What started as a murmur on the edge of perception is now clear to any still remaining in the city. In a language understood by few, 
but believed to be the tongue of lords, ladies, and angels, the same refrain is repeated over and over. Flame and ash, the anger of Pavantus. Take this anger and enrage the end. Fires rage throughout Gildazan. Her people flee and the city dies. There is suddenly one enormous ear-splitting cracking sound followed by the groan of stone tumbling and bouncing. The free city of Gildazan, subterranean wonder and home to thousands of people, tumbles into the red swirling lava. The voice booms out louder than before. Flame and ash, the anger of Pavantus. Take this anger and enrage the end. Rising up out of the space left by the doomed city of Gildazan, a figure appears. Orange skin glows like the fires of the hottest furnace. Wings spread out behind trailing embers like falling feathers. And a voice booms out again in what sounds like the response to an unheard request. It shall be done. Those who would fight against the inevitable shall be burned out of existence. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) The fiery figure shoots straight up into the roof of the cavern as its body flows through cracks and fissures towards the surface of Pavantis. At that same moment, Katona lets out a scream of pain as the flame in a circle tattoo over her right kidney blisters in an instant, then putrefies and sloughs off, revealing a blackened brand, the edges still red and puffy. Katona's breathing steadies. The pain is gone, she finally manages to get out. And yet, she continues, I fear the real pain is only now beginning. Tazar stands there at a loss for words, then slowly nods. Whatever this latest sign means, he thinks to himself, it cannot be good for Pavatus. Lords and ladies, help us. Can't be good for us. Jeez. Yeah, that seems like a bad omen. So you guys ready to go down this basement? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, whatever happened to that little family that we met on the beach? They were talking about, like, uh, something about their home burning. I I wonder what happened to them. (laughs) They stayed in Marlin. They're like, you know what? We're in paradise. Let's just stay here. (laughs) All right, well, welcome back to the city of Almar in the Ricolia province. Um, we are deep beneath the uh, Cathedral of Iramil. Last time, Nari and the boys 2.0 fought a, a harrowing fight against some cultists of Iramil. After some, um, I mean, very close calls, uh, especially Pine got knocked unconscious at one point. Everyone's hit points were very, very low, except for Richter. He was fine um, because he spent most of the fight as a rat. Rat Couture. <laughs> you dirty rat. <laughs> rat Couture. After that uh, fight was over and they managed to uh, beat all of the uh, the assailants, they found two other, um, let's just call them cultists of Iramil that were kind of watching what had happened. They weren't running and they weren't running to the aid of the other cultists either. They were just kind of standing there at a loss. As Roos and Richter went up to go and confront these two and talk to them, um, they could instantly tell that something was off. These two talked about their dreams and how, or maybe their lack of dreams, but they were instructed to come here. That They all just kind of knew that in the basement was a way to get further down so that they could, quote, complete their worship. And um, after persuading these two to show them the way, um, Nari and the boys 2.0 followed these two cultists through some catacombs and down into the living area of the priests of Iramil who used to live here at this cathedral. There they found a small storage room with a staircase that led further down under the earth. And they came out into this room 
uh, just a small room, about 20 feet by 20 feet, with a door at the north end and five dials with letters on them. And the two cultists could not get through the door. They could not figure out whatever puzzle there was uh, to turn the dials and get the correct word. As the two cultists left our party, uh, they did discover um, some symbols that were a repeating pattern throughout the basement. And after a very short time, bravo, you you guys, um, managed to figure out what the triangles, vertical lines, and inverted triangles actually spelled. It was definitely a collaborative effort. <laughs> yeah. It was Amavi, A-M-A-V-I. I don't know that the players know what that means, but they got the doors open, had a little conversation, and we stopped there. And that is where we're picking up right now here in the second basement of the Cathedral of Iramil as our party is about to potentially, after a short rest, go into the tunnels beneath the city. Also, um, I was going to change the intro and say that Paul was the dum-dum who forgot that um, Matt uh, doesn't, uh, or Pine gets uh, resistance to force damage. So when he was being hit by those, uh, those uh, what, what did we call them again? The, the big bad? The beefy boys. The, the beefy boys. Well, he was getting hit by the beefy. The big bad beetleborgs. <laughs> the big bad beefy boys. <laughs> As he was getting hit by the big bad beefy boys, some of that damage should have been halved. Oh, can't stand it. I know you planned it. I almost said it straight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we've gone ahead and we've actually given uh, Pine back 20 hit points uh, from last time just to, just to kind of undo some of the damage that he should not have been taking. Uh, so that is where we're at right now at the end of the short rest. Um, and what are you guys going to do? Well, I, I think I think we made a mistake earlier in the cathedral. We got spread far too thin. I think we need to stay at least within 20 feet of each other when we head down here, just so we can come to each other's aid more quickly. Seems very wise. Who wants to lead the way? I and my my spooky boy here can lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I do kind of really hate, like, seeing him on the map. He looks so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Um, yes, um, Richter did something fun uh, at the end as well. He he stole the soul of um, one of the combatants. And now there is a um, there is a specter that is following him around. I don't think Richter would have said stole the soul of a specter or of one of the combatants. No. <laughs> No, that, I'm sure he wouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. Me, Paul. <laughs> he's he's giving the soul of this person one last shot at redemption. <laughs> there we go. Eh, seems like slavery with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, rah, bah, bah. <laughs> Roos is trying to shake his hand to tell what, what kind of spirit he is. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So what are you guys going to do? There's a, a tunnel that kind of goes uh, goes kind of off into the distance. Well, I think somebody who's more perceptive than I should maybe lead the way. It is also pitch black. I have pretty good perception, but I can't see much, so. Yeah, I can't see in the dark either. I can lead the way. Hey, where's that red candle? Oh, I have a red candle. I just was wondering if we wanted to uh, avoid giving away our position as much as possible. We, it won't do us any good if we get caught down there, even if we find something and it's pitch black for, for most of you. Yes, I, I suppose that's true. 
Well, I could render us invisible for a time if we wanted to. I don't know that that's altogether that helpful right now. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that sounds honestly a little worse. Like, we can't see anything, and even those of us who can see something can't see each other. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean... Yeah, probably not. Could you imagine the visual? It would make like the most <laughs> boring movie of all time. Just an empty room and people saying, oh, hey, that's my that's my arm. Hey, ouch, you stepped on my foot. Yes. Oh, that sounds like Harry Potter and Ron Weasley as they're using the cloak of invisibility. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Constantly stepping on each other. I've got these new slippers. I can try and stay out of sight and uh, hang out on the ceiling. Uh, that's quite a trick. That's rad. I, I can go first and kind of lead the way if we'd like. And, and Nari, I'll, I'll have the red candle back behind you. It shouldn't, hopefully, not give away too much of our position if, we are, if we're careful. Perfect. I'll follow Richter. All right. You guys move into this, um, this tunnel with the marching order of, it looks like, Richter first, followed by Spooky Boy, followed by Nari, followed by Roos. Well, Roos is on the ceiling. Oh, Roos is on the ceiling. Yes. I'm on the ceiling, and I'm going to stand directly up above Nari. Oh, what a feeling. Roost is on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) As you guys venture out with the red candle, um, you come around this little... The tunnel's not very wide. It's only about 10 feet wide. Um, It looks old. Not like necessarily... Well, no, I guess it looks very, very old. Like um, not the same style of architecture as you would see with some of the... uh, with Ebby's people, the the Aleolians, Um, but still um, old, ancient. Um, It looks like places have been patched and fixed here and there um, in the floor. As you guys go down this tunnel a little bit, you see that it kind of opens up at one point and there's this kind of this underground river, but the tunnel continues on past that. And you venture um, down this tunnel. Are you moving stealthy? Are you guys just kind of, I'm imagining you're moving stealthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Hella stealth. Uh, so I guess that was kind of a dumb question on my part. Sorry, Paul. Does anybody have disadvantage dumb. on stealth? I do, but I can also use a superiority dice, so. I'm going to give you some pointers so you can roll it normal. All right, well, I got a 14 then. Snack. Pine rolled an 11. Roos got a 19. And Richter got a 22. Nice. Um, you guys start moving down this tunnel. Um, it kind of um, it, it kind of goes left and right, and it's not a straight shot. But for the most part, you guys feel like you're heading, I mean, kind of southeast, but east by southeast, I'd say. I'm going to move you guys to the next map, okay? But you didn't even mention the cool checkered floors. I did not. Hey, hey listeners, the floors were cool and checkered. After about 20 or 30 minutes of following this tunnel, you can see it opens up um, past, um, kind of into a, a room. As you kind of, there's like this archway, and as you come through it, Richter, you can see, kind of in the distance around a corner, you can see light, like flickering firelight. And so, I assume that seeing light, you guys would naturally turn off the red candle. So that's why the red candle is not here. And that's why you guys can't currently see everything on this map anyway. But you guys can, I think you guys can all see some light kind of north and east of where you guys are at. Is that true? I can see it. Yeah. Like Yes. Okay. 
So that is what we see here. You guys kind of come into this open room. Pine and and, uh, and Richter can see fairly well down here with the low light vision, um, but there is um, there is some light down here. So um, as you guys are watching, you can see the light kind of moving around a little bit, kind of walking, moving uh, kind of north and moving back south, um, but staying kind of in that general general area. Um, kind of it's it's not moving very far. So you can see the light pretty much the entire time. Richter is going to kind of lean over to Pine and say, looks like maybe there's somebody on patrol kind of whispering over to Pine. Uh, should we go check it out? Yes. Um, what are you thinking? Avoid or dispatch? Well, I, I usually favor dispatching people so I don't have to deal with them a second time, but we could try to avoid if that is a bit more advantageous. It might be nice to hear what they're they're saying and doing down here, if we can. I can try to approach quietly. That's what I was just going to say. From the ceiling. Can you see? Well, there's light over there. All right, well, don't trip on the way, because it's kind of dark from here and there. You might not know where you're supposed to be. <laughs> also, tripping on the ceiling sounds really dangerous. <laughs> I don't know how that would work if I tripped up here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. I think if you tripped, you would just kind of like stumble, but your other foot would still be stuck. So um, here's what's going to happen. Ru- what did you roll for your stealth, Roos? 19? I rolled a, ni- a 19, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Roos, you kind of start moving out slowly, and you get to a point where you can kind of feel the wall, uh, and then you kind of continue to follow it out, and then you end up in kind of... It looks like... I want to see what all can be seen here. You can't really tell where you are, but you come around. You can see that it kind of opens up in front of you. This whoever this is, there is some some guy is down there, um, just wearing like uh, like normal clothes. He's wearing just pants and a shirt. Um, he's got like a an apron on that looks like it had food stains on it, but he's not doing anything, you know, uh, food wise. Um, and he's got a torch. He's holding this torch, uh, moving, um, moving back and forth. And as you peer at him, you look closer and you can see, uh, somebody that you recognize. (gasps) You see the bartender from the drawn drapes and he is kind of walking back and forth, um, with a torch, just kind of looking left and right. You are still out of his torchlight. And um, and outside of the torchlight, it is pitch black. He's not talking to anyone. He's just standing there. He's just standing there. He's just kind of moving around, kind of looking left and right. But st- like he's basically moving, you know, 10 feet one way, 10 feet the other way, just staying in this general area. And one thing you also notice just with your passive perception, he does have a sword at his waist. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll head back to the group. You head back to the group. I didn't notice anybody else. It was just him. Uh, make a make a. I want you to make an investigation check, real quick. Investigation, not perception. Not perception. Investigation. Eleven. Okay. Um, you didn't notice anything else while you were down there. Um, yeah, just seems like um, the area that he is in is kind of bathed by the light of his torch. Okay. Russell, um, drop back down to the floor. And um, just so that nobody has to crane their necks up to talk to him. And take some falling damage? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll walk to the floor if you want me to. There you go. 
No, I want you to jump off of the ceiling, do a couple backflips, and then land flamboyantly. Impress us, Roos. Impress us. <laughs> Without a mustache, which is a little bit disappointing. Roos got a 23 on his acrobatics check. Okay, but Nari couldn't see it because she's in the pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect dismount. Perfect. So Roos will say to the group, all right, I found our bartender, but anytime I skipped work, I always did something cool. I don't know what he's doing down here. He's He's... Standing by what looks to be a river and a bridge, and he's holding a torch. Does he look lost, or does he look like he's guarding something? Looks like he's either guarding something or pointing the way to something. I I don't know, but he does have a weapon at his waist. Do you think he'd recognize us? I don't know. Let me explain. Let me can I explain this the the area real quick, just a little bit clearer, because uh, I didn't do that very well. So yeah, he's standing um, kind of on the other side of this kind of canal that moves through here. And there is like this wooden bridge that crosses the canal that he's basically standing on the east side of this bridge. You can see that there's rubble and like um, uh, brick and thing has f- has fallen in on uh, from some of these walls because this place has not been taken care of. You also see detritus and, you know, like um, broken furniture, that kind of thing down here or detritus or however you say it. There is um, just kind of this feeling of of um, old, ancient and kind of falling apart down here. So anyway, so that's kind of what you saw. So what's our play? Well, if it's just one one man, we can definitely overtake him um, if he's hostile. Uh, yeah, we could try to reason with him. Even it seemed like the uh, you know the cultists upstairs were still within their their reasoning, and if he recognizes us, maybe he wouldn't attack. I don't know. He was a halfway decent mixologist as well. I would hate to kill him. Oh no, we would never kill a tender incapacitate. No, I wouldn't have you approach him either, Roos. You look nothing like you used to. You'd just, you'd scare him. You're probably right. You have no idea who you are. He would probably be startled. I mean, I don't have a mustache anymore. And you have pointy, well, you had pointy shoes. Now you have spider slippers. Yeah, I did. Did have pointy shoes. Now they're spider slippers. (laughs) I'm just imagining little Spider-Man slippers. <laughs> He's a big man. He's such a big man these days. Look at this little man. Like the little kid slippers that has like this like a plush Spider-Man head on the toe. And, oh yeah. It's the, That's exactly what I was thinking. It's the porky pig Spider-Man as well, like not the regular Spider-Man. Oh, <laughs> oh Peter Porker. Spider Ham. So no, if we want to approach, if we want to try to talk to him. Honestly, Nari, I think you had the best rapport with him. Yeah, no, I definitely, I could kind of go up and you guys could hang back a little bit and we could at least catch the vibe. I'll be on the ceiling at the edge of the light. I'll be, I'll just be, I'll be back a little ways, but I won't try to look too threatening, but hopefully he'd recognize me. I mean, I have memorable face. Look at this, memorable face. Ah, yes. Uh, I'll sneak along the edge and just see if I can't be, you know, close to help, but without revealing myself. Or the spooky boy, because honestly, I think that would probably set him off. Or the spooky boy. Yeah, really, do not. (laughs) Spooky boy, don't you do it. Don't go scaring that man. (laughs) Roos is going to activate Squire the Messenger. Okay. So we can talk telepathically for the next four hours. Oh, very cool. Oh, nice. No, here, let me, let me escort you to, uh, to the firelight. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll take Nari by the arm and lead her. Okay, perfect. As you do that, um, 
Okay, so here, here's the deal. Bruce kind of goes out there first, and as you approach the uh, firelight even more, the thing that you didn't see with your investigation as you were kind of looking around is that uh, as you get closer to this to this edge of this of this torchlight, you can see that further north, you can tell that there's more light than there should be from one torch. It looks like there's probably more torches further to the north, and potentially more um, people. Bruce will say that telepathically. So he'll say, "Squire." Go let everybody else know that there's probably more than just the bartender down here. I love that we're playing a game of telephone with Squire. So by the time it gets to us, the message is like purple monkey dishwasher. Roos has purple monkey dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> That's an oldie. All right. Nari will kind of at this point as she's getting into the light, kind of start making a little bit more noise, like you're not trying to be quite so sneaky, not as so as to not like startle anybody. And as she comes up to the the actual torchlight, she will say, Oh, bartender, uh, pleasure seeing you here, my friend. So he can barely see you on the edge of his torchlight when you speak up, but he did hear you as you were coming over. And he actually starts to walk towards you, kind of peering, like holding up the torch and peering um, up at you. And... As you kind of approach too, you can see, I think you can see to the north, there is um, another person along the edge of this canal holding a torch and is watching you as you approach the bartender. The bartender um, comes walking up to you and he says, what are you doing here? Did you, did you get the call as well? Yes, I, I had the dream. You can see the person further to the north is just standing there watching and is not making a move towards you or... Um, you know, just, just, just watching this, this uh, interaction. Uh, they, she's about probably 40 or 50 feet away from you along the edge of this canal. Do I recognize her as well? or Evangeline Lily. Okay, <laughs> so, cool. Yes, nice. You totally recognize her. Hey, Rooney. Yes. I'll, I'll tell the bartender, I will say, yes, I, I had the dream. I felt the call. Um, me, me and some of my companions did as well. That's why we're here. And you already figured out how to get down here. I I figured it out on my first day as well. Apparently that's rare. Well, us true believers, you know, have to stick together. And we have to keep those who would would harm and stop the uh, the inevitable. We must we must keep them away. That's what I'm always saying, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I always buy a nickel. Every time I had to say it. <laughs> Are you here to to offer your services and to to worship? I mean, that was my thought. Honestly, I've I've only recently had the dream, and I'm I'm a little unsure as to what to do next. Me and my companions, and she'll kind of gesture to um, Pine or whoever was in kind of closer to light. Be like me and my companions. Um, we're we're here to to do whatever we can to fulfill the, the calling. He says, then proceed. And he actually kind of smiles. And uh, with your passive perception in the torchlight, you can see kind of that clouded that I described last time, um, the people upstairs. The, it's not that his vision is clouded, but it's his soul. There's something just not right with his countenance. And you can see it in his eyes. But he smiles at you and he says, then proceed. And he walks back across the bridge to continue his watch. Do we do we go up towards her or do we cross the, the bridge? Mind of Pavantis and all that. He looks at you. Oh, shoot. Okay, so I, I just rolled. 
I don't love that. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. So here's the deal. He didn't direct you where to go. He just assumed that you would know where to go. And when you asked where to go, there was a possibility he'd realize that maybe you didn't get the call. And he rolled a natural 20 on his insight. Fudge. Here's the thing, though, my friend. <laughs> We've only had the dream once. We need a little bit more guidance. Well, so, Nari, you've gotten away with so much with no deception check. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You were building off of, you were doing so much with just the fact you had the rapport with him. Um, if this had been somebody else, it would have been a completely different story. But um, he points at you guys and he yells out and he says, God damn it, Pine. What, what, what was I supposed to go? We were supposed to follow the vibes. <laughs> I don't feel vibes. I feel danger. There's only one bridge <laughs> to cross. We just cross the bridge and we follow him. And they say thanks. There's a lady up there. That's not a bridge. She's not a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are bickering back and forth, and he's trying to figure out what word to use to describe you guys. Meaning me, I can't figure out the right word. Um, he points at you guys and he says, they're here, we must stop them. And we are going to roll initiative. Now I have to kill my favorite bartender. Oh, man. <laughs> Pine rolled a 20. And we don't have to kill him. We can just knock him out. Roos rolled a 7. Nari rolled a 14. Richter also got a 14 for himself. And then he, the Spectre, got a 21. Perfect. All right. Let me see. We've got, I got a lot to roll here. Oh, hey, there you go. Lucky you guys. Oh, finally, a, a, a nice one. <laughs> Followed by a natural 20. All right. We are now at the top of the initiative. There are people down here who have heard the call from this bartender who does not have a name yet um, from the Drawn Drapes. We'll call him Don. Don from the Drawn Drapes. <laughs> Don Draper. Don. <laughs> we'll call him Don. Um, he has given out the call that you are down here and you are not to be down here. And that brings us to the top of the initiative with somebody that you cannot see. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, there is that. And that brings us now to the second person in the initiative tracker, uh, a certain Spectre. Woohoo! Okay, spooky boy. All right, so the Spectre is gonna go ahead and move his 50 feet of flying movement. That's some bad vibes passing me. Oh, geez, you're sending the Spectre after our friend. He's, he's <laughs> just going, and he's going to go ahead and make an attack against him. There's a plus eight on this roll, so a 16 to hit. Wait, Richter, do you think you could take the spirit and then keep him so he could make us mix beverages on occasion? <laughs> <laughs> so he could make spirits? <gasps> he oh. could mix spirits? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Is like a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so the Spectre hits with a 16. One, yes. 100% <laughs> hits with a 16. Um, okay. And does 11 damage, necrotic damage, and he needs to make a DC 10 constitution save. Oh no! <laughs> Jeez! 
You just killed, you killed him. my homie. I'm so pissed. Don drops instantly. Like even if he was a player and would get to make death saving throws, no death saving throws for this guy. You more than doubled his hit points, um, and he drops <laughs> like oh, a rock. So here's the deal: he drops his. Okay, I know this is sad, but here's the combat: he drops his torch. Now we have to figure out if it goes out, like falls in the canal, or if it stays lit. So I'm gonna make a. Actually, somebody make a luck check. D20. Odds, it's out. Evens, it's still on. Uh, do you want me to do it? I just, I just did it. She did it. And I got a 16, so it counts. Oh, good, good. Yeah, the, 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 the torch stays lit. So this area is now illuminated, even though it's flickering up against this dead body. Like when the specter hits Don, I just imagine like the blood <laughs> drains from his face, his, his cheeks hollow out, his eyes bulge, and he falls to the ground like um, oh. yeah, just a, a husk of his former self. Victor, don't hurt that one. Don't worry, I'll just send my ghost after it. <laughs> His four hit points. <laughs> I think, to be fair, because the ghost goes first in this case, the specter, I don't know, like, it would obey my command, but I haven't even had a chance to give it a command. So I think it's just going. It's all good. He was a he was a, a servant of... What that? Whatever is going on down here? Okay. I'm never gonna drink again. This useless <laughs> feelings got no rhythm. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. I just, I just don't hurt that one. Gotcha. Go ghost. <laughs> Go ghost. <laughs> Literally, the first thing he does is just kills. <laughs> Instantly killed. Like ripped his soul from his body. Just brutal. That is his turn. Pine, you are up. Oh, jeez. Okay, let's let, let me kind of describe the scene a little bit more. Because here's the deal. Everyone listening at home, I have this map turned on with a lot of darkness in here because they're underground. And this is kind of I I imagined this kind of a feel for this combat, right? So where Pine is at right now, he can see that this canal runs north and south. And along um, the west side of this canal, he can see not only a um, kind of this, uh, he can see a man and a woman. Uh, the woman is holding a torch. I don't think the man is holding a torch, but the um, the woman looks like she's just dressed in plain clothing. The, the man though is dressed more like a warrior of some kind. He's wearing leather armor. He's got um, a sword. He's got a little bag of crystals at his waist. And um, Pine, it's your turn. Okay, well, Pine, I'm so sorry, Miss Lily. He's going to head to the north 30 feet to get up base to base with Evangeline Lily. Okay. <laughs> and as you approach, you can see that there is another person back behind around a corner who also has a, a lit torch, who also looks just kind of just like some guy off the street. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to attack Evangeline Lily, Evangeline Lily uh, non-lethal. Okay. That's a 26 to hit. That will definitely hit. That's a 14 piercing for cold. Okay. She drops unconscious. Let's see if her torch goes out. Uh, Pine, roll a luck check. Odds it's out. Okay. Here we go. It's odd. So it went out. It fell into the canal. 
So the torch drops out of her hands and goes out. That's 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 a good sound effect, Paul. Thank you. That was my mouth. Okay, <laughs> that was my mouth. Uh, I got five more feet of movement, so I'm actually going to step over her body to uh, uh, to go up against this guy with the sword and the bag of crystals, and I will take my second attack. Okay, that's a twenty-six to hit. Another another twenty another twenty-six. That will hit. Okay, that's twelve piercing, five cold. Okay, let me see this guy that you just hit with the um, who has the uh, the bag of crystals. Um, yep. Okay, perfect. All right, Pine, that was your turn. Suddenly, from the edge of your view, you see a beefy boy come running up. <laughs> <laughs> One of these guys who is unarmored. So here's the deal. As you as you guys killed the other guys, you recognized um, a couple of tattoos on them. I didn't rec- say that before. Um, but these, these beefy boys um, and the mages are members of the First Swords, of Bartaz's... Um, mafia crew right um anyway he comes charging up towards you a plus seven to these rolls to hit you and it looks like it's going to be 17 20 or 17 the 20 will hit okay that's going to be actually let me okay that's gonna be um eight plus three four that's gonna be 12 bludgeoning and then seven halved to three force damage so 19 total uh, 12 plus um, 3, so 15 total. Oh, 15, okay, yeah, 15 damage. All right, and that is Beefy Boy's turn. Um, Richter, you are up. Ooh. Oh, and by the way, where, just so just so everyone's aware, where Pine is standing, the, um, the walkway next to this canal is only about five feet wide, and he has got a wall next to him on the left, and then the canal on the right, and then the beefy boy and the guy with the bag of crystals are directly in front of him, so it's kind of a bottleneck right where Pine is. Um, so just so everyone's aware, that's what's going on uh, with this part of the of the map. Richter is way back still in that first kind of room where they first were able to see the torchlight. And what are you going to do? Um, I will move my 30 feet of movement to towards Pine up along the canal. OK. And, you know, I think I'm going to uh, we can we can maybe cut this out if you want to, but. What is it? What are the rules when it comes to like shooting at a target that's kind of on the other side of another player? I don't think that there are any rules in fifth edition for that. Nope. You just get okay. Yeah, you shoot, you shoot just fine. Okay. Yeah, in, in Pathfinder it was like if you miss within like five, like then you hit the then you hit the other person or something like that. Like there Got were it. there were rules for that, but not in fifth edition. Okay. It's kind of like the movie Wanted. Yeah, you curve the bullets. Yes. Nice. I love it. <laughs> well, I will rush forward and I will yell out, your sins are exposed under the light of the sun. Mark of the dawn. And the beefy boy, I'm going to mark. Okay. For judgment. And then I am going to pull out my dueling pistols and have a couple shots at him with these. Perfect. His AC is 17. Okay. So first one is a 19 to hit. And this will be a plus four to the damage roll from the curse. So eight force damage. Okay. And then the second roll is a only a 10 to hit. And that one will miss. And that's it. All right. Nari, it is your turn. 
You are at least able to see now torchlight, but you can see that where Pine is, it's kind of a bottleneck. Um, canal on one side, wall on the other. So Nari is going to run up to Pine and she is going to use a move called bait and switch, but basically she's going to grab Pine and she's just going to toss him over her shoulder and switch places with him as long as he's willing. I'm totally willing. And um, go to town on this guy. Oh, fantastic. In an in a aggressive way. The beefy boy or the crystal guy? The beefy boy. Because I'm, I'm kind of sick of those beefy boys. <laughs> so that's an 18 to hit. That'll hit. And then that's going to be 10 damage. And then again, 14 damage, which I'm assuming doesn't. And you're 14 to hit? Yeah, that'll. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use uh, some superiority die to do a 21 to hit. That and then hit. that is 16 damage. Cool, big damage. And I'm going to, again, try to disarm him if possible. Um, so that does an extra eight damage and then he needs to roll 16 on strength. So here's the problem is that to disarm him, you literally have to chop off his arm because he doesn't have any weapons. So you did get the extra damage. So did she succeed in disarming him? Fine. Roll a strength check to hold on to your own arm. <laughs> <laughs> I've had worse. You know what? I rolled a 17. He made it. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So correct me if I'm wrong, Nari, when you do bait and switch, don't you get to add something to your AC as well? Oh, you do get to add something, yeah, to uh, the AC. I think it's just... Oh, it's equal to the number rolled? Yeah, so roll, roll one of your superiority die, and then that will add, be added to your AC for this round. No, it, it like I already rolled it. It was nine. Oh, Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh, yes you did. I, <laughs> Holy cow, okay. So what's your AC now? Uh, so my AC now is um, 28. <laughs> oh <Wow>. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly who you want on the front line right now. Oh yeah. The mountain. Oh my goodness. Come at me, bro. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Ruth, it is your turn. You are still back in the dark, but you can at least see the torchlight and where to go. You are on the ceiling, so getting past the um, bottleneck and even being over the canal if you want to should not be a problem for you. However, you're still quite a ways back. Yeah, so my intention with this one is to, so I've been stealth, at least that was my intent, um, is to come out of stealth and throw a chakram to hopefully have advantage on that throw. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to move 10 feet around the corner to get a better view. And the, the only person I can see well is the one that has the, the gem pouch, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, yes. The, 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 the guy with the, with the sword and the, and the pouch of gems. Yes. Um, actually, um, real quick, uh, Roos, with your passive perception, you can tell instantly this guy is Howling Talon, or at least was Howling Talon. Well, I rolled snake eyes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I rolled two once. <laughs> oh, With your advantage? Goodness. Oh. Yeah. That's incredibly lucky. Scott, I need to talk to you about your rolls this evening. I don't know <laughs> what the deal is. I have been rolling so bad. Then I'm going to um, I'm going to bonus action duck back around the corner and break line of sight with everybody and run across to the other end of the opening so that hopefully nobody can see me. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, you've moved uh, You've moved in with you a little bit. 
and my stealth was a 19 again. Okay, cool. So to, to like hide again, basically. Yeah. 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 That brings us now to somebody that you can't see. I don't even know if when he gets here. Okay, Nari, you see somebody come running up, uh, and it's somebody in armor, in like a breastplate, has like a a spear and a shield. Comes running up on the shield is emblazoned this um, this hand with wings on it, and over the top it has the letter W and then H. Underneath it says A and M. <laughs> Is somebody from the Winged Hand Angels Mercenary? <laughs> it's somebody from Wham. <laughs> um, if, I mean, if you guys couldn't tell, basically people from all walks of life have been called down here, have been, have become, have uh, become susceptible to the call to come down here. And this, uh, this man. Affected by the dream, Pine. They were affected by the dream and all you had to do was pretend you had it. <laughs> you, you would have gone across the bridge. It looks like the party's over here. Oh, you guys are awesome. Okay. Um, he is going to make... Uh, he's got two attacks. Actually, no, he's got th- oh three attacks. Um, first off is going to be the shield bash. Kaboom. That is going to be... Uh, that's. There's no way that's hitting. You have a 29 AC. I think he has to get a uh, crit to hit you. Oh, 28. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a plus seven to his attack, so he has to get a crit. So his shield bash misses. Oh, two spear attacks. Two ones. Snake eyes. Again. Paul, that's the third wow. time we've rolled. Paul, that's the third time we've rolled snake eyes this session. There's the that's a yes. one in four hundred chance to roll snake eyes on twenty sided we dice. Did it, we've done it three times yes, so far. And, but three times in one this session. This is amazing. Because I've rolled it twice now. So the dice roller is broken. Game's rigged, man. <laughs> Game's rigged. <laughs> Telling you it's the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> so Sabrina uh, Nari is just impervious to. Uh, she, you can't touch her. She is just um, so solid. Um, and that is the end of that um, mercenary's turn. As then another figure comes into view. This one is a woman with a sword and a pouch of gems. And she comes running out of hiding. And she will... I need constitution saves from... Uh, I need constitution saves from Nari, Pine, and Richter. Difficulty, 12. You both get to add four to your constitution save. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I got a 12. That would be 16. You only need a four. You only need a 12. Okay. So you didn't You didn't even need the plus four. Yeah, I got a 14. Richter rolled an eight, but with the plus four from Pine, he gets to 12 exactly. Oh, jeez. All right, you guys are all going to take half damage from this spell of shatter. She th- she pulls up this crystal and tosses it down right in the middle of you guys, dealing 15, boom, concussive damage. But you guys, this is, you guys have dealt with this before. You've, uh, this is nothing new for you. Uh, it's all cut in half to seven. Oof. Not going to lie, this is like a pretty dangerous fight we're in. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not feeling great. I'm kind of excited. At least it seems like they're all mostly normies. Like, we can probably kill them. 
<laughs> then um, underneath uh, Nari's feet, because she is now standing over the unconscious Evangeline Lily, you hear her mumble and moan under her breath uh, because it's her turn, but um, she doesn't get to do anything because she is unconscious, which brings us to the other kind of random man who has a torch and um, he just kind of steps up behind the woman with the crystals uh, and just kind of stands there because he can't get in face to base with anybody. And then that will bring us to our last combatant. One, two, three, four, five. Somebody with access to fireball, am I right? And access to polymorph. I don't like that pause. Somebody who moved as far as they could and still can't see the party. So. Oh, thank goodness. Jeez. On that note, we are going to go to the top of the round again and... It is now the man with the crystals and the, 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 there's a, so the, the two down here with the crystal pouches, they're both Howling Talon operatives. Um, so now we're going to go to the, to the, um, to the guy. He is going to pull out. Hey, Sabrina, I, w- I was just going to say like that, that Howling Talon operative is pretty cute. <laughs> I was actually thinking that, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, another little red crystal comes bouncing down right in between um, Pine and Richter, and it's gonna. I need a Constitution save from Nari, Pine, and Richter again. Difficulty twelve. Plus four. Nari got a twenty. Pine got a twenty-one. And Richter got a nat twenty for a twenty-two plus four twenty-six. A twenty twenty-one and twenty-two. That's great. And we're we're so cute. Oh my gosh, what is going on? Okay, so here's here's the deal. Um, shatter again. Um, you guys all took half damage from seven damage, so you all took three damage. <laughs> it adds up. All right. It feels like a rat bit my toe. <laughs> it is time for Spooky Boy. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do this. Uh, Spooky Boy is ready to, to murder everything in the world. Um, he's just going to fly right up here. <laughs> Including the best bartender that ever lived. <laughs> right. He, <laughs> oh, he's not done. Was he though? Was he? He's going to fly up and start attacking the sword-wielding um, Howling Talon person. Um, so this will be a plus eight on the attack. Uh, 20 to hit. All right, yes, that will hit. Four. Oh, only 11 damage that time. That's funny. It was 11 last time and the numbers were green because there was a six in there. And now it's red because there was a one in this roll. So oh, gotcha. <laughs> Nifty. Anyway, 11 damage. He needs to make a DC 10 constitution save. Natural 20. Nice. Okay. Uh, no hit point reduction. Got it be honest he's probably not going to have a chance to heal himself <laughs> but still <laughs> all right Pine, it is your turn you are now here behind nari uh unable to get in base to base with anybody unless you want to try uh, jumping into the canal but it looks like it's about a three foot drop to get to the surface of the water and then who knows how deep it is yeah no i'm just going to stand back behind nari and i'm going to throw some knives okay so my first uh, knife at the beefy boy is a... Oh, it's a crit. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you crit. I with always crit with the wrong things. Okay, okay. So the damage is going to be um, seven <laughs> okay. with the first dagger. 
And then my, my second dagger is a dirty 20. That'll hit. For eight. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh, it looks like Beefy Boy has taken some hits, though. Yep. And that is, that's my turn. All right, it is now Beefy Boy's turn. There is only one person that he can attack, and it is going to be Nari. That is three attacks coming your way, Nari. Um, does your AC stay that way until your next turn? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So 28 AC. He has to he has to crit. He can only add he only adds plus seven to this, so he has to crit. So three attacks coming your way. No crits. Bam, bam, bam. And you just take it. And I'm guessing you grin at him because you know. Yeah, he knows what's coming next. <laughs> you think you're a beefy boy? I'm beefy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Richter, it is your turn. You are still standing back behind Nari and Pine. You can see all these people kind of arrayed out in front of you. Um, lots of targets to choose from. Including one random dude in the back, if you want. Send the specter after him. Yeah. <laughs> Richter yells out, The light of the day reveals all. Step of the breaking dawn. And he lunges forward and appears over here. Okay. This skill allows him to... Uh, teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space you can see within 5 feet of the target cursed by your hex spell um, which is what I've cursed the beefy boy with yeah you are now back behind all of these combatants that have been arrayed against Nari and Pine and now you can see who this last opponent is who was coming up from the west um, kind of around the corner it is um, a cloaked figure holding a book and has some arcane symbols that he is drawing in the air currently. Um, I don't know that there's, oh, uh, there's, okay. Uh, what I'm going to do is take one step to the side and then I am, that is going to get two attacks of opportunity against you. Just a heads up. Oh, that would, wouldn't it more than two, wouldn't it too? I know just well I guess I, I I wasn't counting random dude so I mean I guess three hmm I mean I really want to take care of that guy but if I take a bunch of attacks of opportunity that could be bad uh let's let's take the opportunity attacks against us we're gonna take one step to the west towards the guy casting the spell uh let's do these let's get these attacks out of the way so first off is random guy um so that's going to be, I think, 18. Does that hit you? That'll hit, yeah. Okay. Um, five damage. Wow, <laughs> good job, dude. With a short sword. Um, okay. Um, and then we're going to do a slash from the um, the Howling Top Talon Operative. She's going to slash out at you with... Uh, what does she have? She is going to slash out at you with a short sword as well. Plus four to this. Uh, it's going to be a seven. That misses. Uh, and then um, Beefy Boy is going to take an attack at you. Plus seven to this roll. That's a 25. Oh, jeez. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. That's huge damage. 25 damage. Bam. Good grief. As he connects. That, dude, these guys hit so hard. Holy cow. Yeah, those guys are ludicrous. Okay. They're too beefy. Yes. Well, they've had their fun. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and... 
cast a level five thunder step and teleport <laughs> away from this spot and hit everybody in a 10 foot radius with a thunderclap. Oh, nice. Clapping them cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's everybody except for the uh, except for the guy howling talent operative. Everybody else is going to get hit. Clapping those cheeks. <laughs> Richter just clenches as hard as he can. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they'll have to make a DC 16 constitution save or they'll take okay. 32 thunder damage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, if they save, then they don't take any? They take half. Okay, um, so random dude is just dead. Just straight up dead. No <laughs> yeah. save necessary. Yeah. He, just, <laughs> he just pulverizes into a pink bloody pulp. Man, Richter seems a lot more hardcore than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've never killed anybody with flatulence. Oh my <laughs> okay, what's the difficulty again? Uh, DC 16. And it's 32 damage? Yeah. Okay. Wizard takes 32 damage. 16 damage to the Howling Talon operative. Uh, how much does this guy have left? Um, the uh, beefy boy drops dead. Yes! Woo-hoo. Even even half uh, half damage would still kill him outright. And then the, uh, the Wham member is going to take 32 damage. Holy cow, that's huge! Whew! Yikes. That's, that's a lot of my usefulness has just been burned. Oh, I killed that guy, though. So I get 14 hit points healed back to me because of my my hex. Nice. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, dope. All right. Nari, you are up. All of a sudden, there's an empty space in front of you where the beefy boy once stood. Uh, you still have um, the Wham member to the, your left. You have and uh, two Howling Talon operatives uh, uh, straight ahead and one to the right. And then there's a wizard of some kind off to your left, but out of range. Can I, do I have a feel for which one is most bloodied as far as the three that are in front of me? Uh, the Howling Talon operatives both look about the same. Um, probably the guy on your right is a little bit more bloodied than the, than the girl uh, straight ahead. Okay, I'm going to go towards him then um, for 13 to hit. That will miss. Uh, Let's try again for an 18 to hit. That will hit, yeah. Okay, cool. So that is going to do 9 damage. Hold up, that was hand axe damage. 10 damage. Happy we cleared that up. <laughs> and then I am going to try to disarm him so he will need to make a strength saving throw. Um, and then we'll also take an additional six damage. Okay. He uh, takes the six damage, but he manages to hold on to his short sword. He is looking very, very rough, but he is still standing. Okay. And is that your turn? I think, no, I'm actually going to use an action surge and just go again then. Like, if he's looking rough, I'm just going to go for it. Oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? That was a 13 to hit, so that didn't do anything. A 27 to hit. That will hit, yes. For uh, 10 damage. That's enough. What's it look like as you uh, hit this guy? His beautiful blonde locks. Nari is going to kind of have a tear roll down her eye because destroying beauty is sad. <laughs> but is eventually just going to chop her axe like right into his head. Split him oh open. gosh. There you go. Whew. Okay. 
Nari's turn is up. Roos, you are hiding back around this corner. When you peek back around, um, it is going to be a total. I'm also going to just move to the side so people can like easily get by here. Okay, why don't you move to the side and you're going to take one attack of opportunity from uh, the Wham member. He's going to attack at you. Plus seven to this roll. That's an 18. Does that hit? No. Okay. Roos, your turn. So Roos is going to run 20 feet out into the open, standing basically straight above where Richter's standing, but Roos is just on the ceiling. And he's going to throw a chakram at the Wham member. Am I getting that right? That's the Howling Talon Lady. Oh, Howling Talon Lady. Okay, sorry. I I couldn't see when you were saying who was who because I was like way to the side. Hiding. Yeah, that's right. Like a little coward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw my chakram at her. It made me mad when they said I ran away like a scared little rabbit. Maybe I was an angry little rabbit running away from running away from the first fight to another fight. <laughs> Thank you, Jack Handy. I think I butchered it, but oh yeah. That's, I got it. I knew exactly what you were talking about. And uh, 23 to hit. 23 to hit. That will hit, yes. For 8 psychic. And since I was out of uh, stealth, I would also get the precision for another for 14. So uh, 22 total. Uh, oh my. Big hit. She is looking very, very rough as well. Oh man, okay. I am going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not go back into stealth. I'm actually going to go with my offhand and throw again. Okay. That one's only a 17 to hit. That will hit. For another 9 psychic damage. And this is your chakram? Yes. Okay. She drops. Her head explode. <laughs> and then I'm going to move um, 10 feet forward, so I'm I'm a little bit closer to the rest of the party. And you're still on the ceiling? This is true. Okay. All right. Um, that is Roos's turn. It is now the Wham member's turn. Um, the only two standing now are the Wham member as well as this wizard. Wham member steps up to Nari and uh, tries to hit her with his shield first off. That's going to be 15. Okay. That's going to miss. But two attacks with the spear, we have uh, 19. Does 19 hit you? 19 does hit me. Okay. Well, this is not going to be terrible um, because the shield is the cool thing because it knocks you down. You guys remember that, right? Oh, yeah. It was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you agree. 2d6 plus 4 coming your way. I get knocked down, but I get up again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 10 damage uh, 10 piercing damage to you Nari and that brings us now to um, oh I'm scrolling through all these dead guys it brings us to the wizard he got 50,000 on double dragon <laughs> right, do you remember that from the movie the yes, wizard I do I hope he doesn't get scared and whiz on anybody <laughs> <laughs> it's the power glove it's so bad so bad Uh, What happens is this wizard steps up behind everybody, points a finger uh, in your direction, and I need dexterity saves from Pine, Roos, and Richter as a fireball comes. Can I counterspell this? I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Um, This guy gets fireball three times a day, so if he can survive one more round, um, then um, we might have to do this again. Okay. Yes, you counterspell uh, the fireball. (laughs) No problem. Okay. 
I'm so sorry. And that brings us back up to the top. No, you don't. You don't need to pause on anything. This is this is how I figured the last fight would go. That last fight was way more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, Specter's turn. What is the Specter going to do at the top of the next round? And Specter will swoop in on the wizard guy and have an attack. <laughs> okay. Go go gadget Specter. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was trying to come up with like a Specter Clouseau or something, but. <laughs> This is a, an 18 to hit. 18 will hit, yes. And he will do... Oh, goodness. Only six damage. But he'll need to do the DC 10 constitution save, I guess. And he fails, so... <laughs> Did you say constipation save? Constipation <laughs> save. <laughs> I must have misheard you. I don't know. To be fair, uh, a constipation save would probably be the constitution ability score. <laughs> I am the ghost of fiber past. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys. Uh, yeah, the um, he fails, uh, so his maximum hit points drops by six hit points. Um, not that anyone's going around to heal him, but yes, that is that does happen. Okay. Uh, I believe it's Pine's turn. Pine, you have um, knocked out Evangeline Lily in front of you, and right past her prone body is uh, this member of Wham. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to step up over Evangeline Lily's body. Okay. I'm going to move diagonally around the Wham member and then to the back of him. So I once I get into like contact with him, um, I don't uh, ever leave that so that I can go behind him and now attack the, the wizard behind. Yes, you can. So my first attack is only a 12 to hit. That will miss. Second attack is a 20, a dirty 20 to hit. That will hit. That's 12 piercing for cold damage. 12 piercing for is 16, which 38 plus 16 is 54, if my math is correct. Is that correct? Math? <laughs> Ah, uh, you hit just enough. What happens to this guy? Uh, so recognizing again, probably like this, this wizard is the same kind of guy who worked for um, Bartos, right? Yes, but there's a different cast to his eyes, to his countenance. But yes, this guy would have been a first swords member. Recognizing a first swords member, I'm going to go ahead and not, not pull the punch. So he is going to die. And he dies. Uh, do you still have one more attack? Oh, no, you missed your first one. No, I missed with my first attack, but I am turning to face the uh, the Wham member. Okay, um, very good. And that brings us now past Beefy Boy and on to Richter. He will dash around Roos. Actually, just right underneath him. You don't even need to waste the extra movement because Roos is on the ceiling. I'll actually stay put then, and I will take some shots with my dueling pistols at this guy. At the uh, the the shield guy, or the, sword, or the spear and shield guy. Yeah, he, the the last guy standing. Yeah, the Wham member. The the Wham member. So an eighteen to hit. Uh, that will, um, yes, eighteen will hit. Okay. Uh, only one force damage. <laughs> and then a twelve to hit. So nothing. Okay. How's he looking? He's looking actually pretty, pretty, pretty healthy. Well, let's change that. <laughs> I was going to say that <laughs> might change here very, very quickly. Um, Nari's turn. Absolutely. Nari's going to go at him with a 19 to hit. That'll hit. Four 
10 damage and then swinging again a 28 to hit for yes. 15 damage. Whew, big hits. I think that's all I'm going to do right now. Okay, um, he is bloodied now. Barely, but he's bloodied. Roos, it's your turn. I'm going to run up to him from the ceiling and then drop down to the ground next to him. Spider-Man. Okay. Do you want me to make an acrobatics? Or? <laughs> no, you don't have to. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> you can even just run down the wall. You're right next to the wall. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I didn't get to see it last time, though. I want, like, the flips. <laughs> and I want to see a, I want to see the Black Widow landing. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Acrobatics uh, was only a 10, so... Okay, so Black Widow landing goes really well, but you split your pants. <laughs> <laughs> that one leg out to the side, and they are skin tight. They're they're straight up hose. They are <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But thank goodness it's uh it's your glamoured studded leather, so you can just you can just say it, you can just make them patch that hole. Uh, Squire, he fixes all my clothes at night. So <laughs> so uh, twenty two to hit with my dagger. That'll hit. And then eight radiant, nine precision for 17 damage. Wow. And then still standing. He is still standing. Yeah, this guy is pretty, pretty tough. I'm going to come back with my chakra, but this will probably miss. It's a 13 to hit. That will miss. And that will be my turn. It is now his turn. All right, he's got three people to choose from. He's got Pine behind him. He's got Nari to the side and Roos in front of him. So let's see who he's going for. He is going for Roos. Roos, you have got three attacks coming at you. The first is a shield bash attack, and that's going to be a 25 to hit. That will hit. Okay, so you're going to take some damage. Uh, it's going to be um, 10 damage. And I'm going to need you to make a uh, strength saving throw, difficulty 15. Oh, this is unfortunate. <laughs> I rolled a two oh. and I have a negative one. So I got a one. <laughs> you are knocked prone. These next two spear attacks are coming at you with advantage. So the first one is going to be 25 to hit. And the second one is going to be 19 to hit. Do those both? Oh, sorry. Uh, 21 to hit. Do those both hit? Those hit. Spear attacks coming at you. 2d6 plus 4 to each of them, so that's 4d6 plus 8. That is going to be only 20 damage. That could have been a lot worse. I'll half the second one that was uh, 12, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, 8 plus 4, yeah, so 12 damage. Okay, so you have that to 6. Perfect. All right. Um, very good. And that is his turn. That will bring us now to back up to the top with the specter and uh, specter will head down and kind of stand between pine nari and have an attack at the spear guy okay Ooh, only a nine to hit that will miss it's not just a nine it's a natural one it's gonna it miss was anyway. in that one it totally <laughs> was <laughs> You rolled a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're doing. Uh, yeah. so that's a miss. Uh, so, Pine, it's your turn. This guy has taken some hits, but uh, he still looks relatively... I mean, he's bloodied, but he's not on death's door. Okay, well, I'm going to take some attacks with my sword as well. My first was only a 10 to hit. That'll miss. And my, but my second was a 27. Okay, yeah. Roll some damage. Seven piercing, three cold. Okay. So 10 damage total. 
Nice. And that's my turn. Okay. Um, then let us go to Richter. It is you're up. You're up. You're still back um, kind of by the bridge. Um, everybody else is further north of you, and everyone has surrounded this spear uh, warrior who keeps trying to knock people down with his shield. And what are you going to do? So I will um, go ahead and make a couple pistol attacks. Okay. A 20 to hit. That'll hit, yeah. For eight force damage. And then a 17 to hit. And that will, yes, that will hit too. Woohoo! Cool. I did not think it would. For another five force damage. And then I think this came back on the short rest. My superiority die, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Okay. I will um, say to Roos, stand fast. The light preserve us. And I will use my ability to heal him for a D6 plus four. Two, so six hit points. Perfect. All right. Richter's turn is up. Nari, you are a go. You're standing right next to this guy. All right, let's swing at him. Uh, 16 to hit. Barely hits. Noise. All right, that does 17 damage. And then going in again. 19 to hit for 16 damage. Nari, what does that look like? Um, Nari is going to just take her axe and she's going to cleave that dude in half. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Just right down the middle. Lengthwise. (laughs) Yep. Hiya. <laughs> not across, not across the belt line like some kind of chump. Like straight no. up, right at the top of the head. Yeah. Head to <laughs> crotch. We're talking like cheese, like string cheese, just pulling that dude in half. <laughs> head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes. Does anybody oh, remember uh, Scary Movie Three? When yes. uh, do you remember Charlie Sheen being like in half like this, and they keep pulling up like, look at the taco, look at, the, and he pulls up a sub sandwich and he pulls it apart like that. You know, that's what yes. I imagine. You you cut <laughs> him down like a sub sandwich, um, held by Charlie Sheen in Scary Movie Three. And with that, we are going to roll initiative. Or no, <laughs> oh God, you scared me. I was like, Jesus. We will cue victory music. gosh you guys that's so fun i love how her hat keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in that scene too (laughs) (laughs) what a stupid movie okay (laughs) here is what's going on there are torches that are flickering around in this this is kind of you know so you were in a tunnel before this is kind of a sequence of rooms with kind of this canal that runs uh, north to south uh, on the north end and on the south and you can see that the canal kind of goes out through these grates and into like a um not like a uh what's what's what i'm looking for like into a, a a pipe right there's no like air or anything so it's not like something that you would want to like you couldn't walk across the ceiling or swim in there or anything like that you would probably drown because there's no nowhere to breathe past this room if that makes any sense what i'm saying well i could well yes you could i have a necklace of adaptation (laughs) in this kind of area that you came in you guys came in in the southwest corner um it looks like um these people here were guarding kind of the northwest corner but as you are standing um kind of here in your victory uh you can see 
that um, across the canal, there is a doorway. Do we all do jumping jacks as like our victory dance? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can see there's a doorway that leads into another tunnel uh, across the, the, uh, the canal. And you can also see um, back when you were uh, talking with uh, uh, what was it? Don, the uh, the bartender from the Drawn Drapes. You can see that um, there was a kind of a room behind him that also has a doorway leading into a tunnel. So it looks like at this point, there's a couple different directions that you can go, uh, but it looks like the guarding was taking place uh, in the northwest corner. You see, Nari? I don't know. There was a door over there, my dude. And honestly, if you act with confidence... Possessed people don't really care what you're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Roos is going to start rolling the bodies into the canal. Okay. I mean, that seems excessive. I don't think anybody's going to come down here looking for bodies. Is there anything on the bodies that might be useful? Yeah, we don't want to poison the water supply. Well, also, we should probably put more <laughs> rocks in them. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing the rocks thing, right? Oh, you guys put rocks and bodies too? <laughs> no, no, no. That's a big body of water, my friends. I just don't want anybody else coming through to see the scene of what happened. Well, let's see the blood. So are you guys going through the bodies? Yeah, we're going to search the bodies. Yeah, okay. yeah, of course. No, I think at this point, I feel like uh, we've made enough of a scene. And the people who are coming down here clearly aren't concerned with these types of things. Right. I just want to make sure we're not, like, missing a key or something that would get us through the next area. I love taking money from people. (laughs) I do like money. You know, you never know when you might need some money. That's true. Money is pretty great. I use it to purchase goods and services. (laughs) Me too. Oh, man. I, how did I know you were going to say that, Matt? <laughs> Obviously, there's a, there's a couple paths in this room. Do we want to see? Like, this, is, this looks like the place that was being heavily guarded. But as you said, Nari, there's some doorways across the canal. No, I, I, I do think you're right. It's obvious this is the area they were guarding. We should, we should continue on this way. Let's take a look. Do we find anything cool on the bodies, Paul? Uh, you find uh, seventy nine dollars worth uh, 70, seventy nine gold pieces. Not sixty nine. <laughs> you find seventy nine. Seventy nine easily divided by four. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll I'll take nineteen. You can each have twenty. I like this Richter guy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, as you guys. Um, uh, you guys start to look through the bodies. You find, I mean, so there's like um, some leather armor. Uh, actually, there's like three suits of leather armor. You see some short swords. You see a spear and a shield. You find all that gold. You find a pouch of crystals, which would be like spell component pouch. Um, you find a um, a, uh, a spell book as well uh, on the wizard. Um, so that might fetch you some money as well, depending on what spells are in there. Polymorph and fireball. <laughs> Polymorph and Fireball and Shocking Grasp are definitely in there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's basically what you find um, on these bodies. Let's take the book and then the gold. Got it. I mean, you also find a little notebook that has a recipe that says um, Don's best um, mixes. And then it's got like different like um, drinks that he's been working on. Um, Yari's snatching that before anybody else even sees it. <laughs> 
I call it a gin and tonic. You take gin and you add tonic. And a splash of lime. Jesus, you forgot about the lime. Thank you. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I learned about, I learned about, what's it called? It's called a, uh, oh, an AMF. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't have it, but I, <laughs> I, I learned about it. Classic. <laughs> I do not know what this thing is. <laughs> it's it's like a um, Long Island, like it just okay. Supposed to mess you up. I just googled it, and there's like everything in there. Oh, it's like everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So yes, I learned about that just the other day. Anyway, okay. Uh, so here you are. Um, I'm gonna say that you guys are probably gonna want to explore in here a little bit because it seems like that's what you guys wanted to do. Um, so what I'm gonna do. Um, for you guys is I'm going to actually change the map a little bit. I'm going to turn on daylight mode so you guys can see easier without having to like walk around with torches and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, as you guys kind of go around and explore, you can see that this canal uh, is, I mean, it's it's jumpable, um, especially Nari. Nari could jump it no problem. It's it's basically like 10 feet wide at most places. And there's that there's a bridge that goes across it as well down by Dawn's dead body. Um, but after you guys explore, not only do you find like fallen, um, you know, bricks and kind of some broken old ancient furniture, that kind of thing, um, but you do find that there are actually uh, five different ways into this room, okay, into this kind of chamber. There's the uh, the southwest corner that you came in. There is the northwest corner that it seems like the people were congregating at, and then there is a northeast exit. There is a southeast exit, and then there's kind of this middle exit on the east, um, and that is the one that was uh, kind of closest to Dawn, the bartender. And all of the um, like the archways out, they all kind of look pretty similar. Um, so um, they all lead into these long tunnels that go. Basically, if you shine a light down them, you, they go as far as the light can be seen. They kind of uh, move left and right or whatever they kind of wiggle up and down that type of thing but they pretty much head off in um, pretty straight uh, paths do we see any kind of like line like we saw up above where it's obvious people are coming and going from uh, go ahead you can make a survival or an investigation check um, a 19 survival down here, you don't see that. You do see areas of cobwebs and dust and stuff, but it seems like the people down here, um, once they got down here, they just kind of stayed in one spot, right? Almost like they were just... They, their, their, um, their pursuit or whatever, their path um, kind of stopped here, and they kind of took up their positions, and then they didn't move from their spot very much. Does that make sense? Okay. There wasn't like that um, ants marching in a line type of a feel like you saw up above. I, I guess we should go northwest then. Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. <laughs> totally, as I chug a potion. Yeah, I was going to say, do we need to rest for a moment? I, I wouldn't hate a short rest, but you know. I don't think this is the place to do it, though. There's far too many points of uh, entry to, to protect ourselves adequately, I think. I agree, and it's clear people are trying to find this area. Yeah, it might make more sense to press forward. Okay, is that is that what's happening? I think so. Yeah. All right, you guys then head into the northwest tunnel. 
All right, I took another healing potion and healed up 14. I'm just going through these uh, potions of greater healing like I go through Coke Zero. You're a Coke Zero guy? Yeah. Not diet (laughs) Coke? It's not that bad. No, Coke Zero, then diet Pepsi, then diet Coke. What? Then RC Cola. Man, RC Cola is at the very bottom. Wow. Aspartame. Who are you? <laughs> Who am I, dude? Coke Zero is delicious. All right, let's do this. You move into the northwest tunnel, kind of the, this archway, and you can see um, that, again, it's this ancient uh, thoroughfare of some kind. It's not very wide. Um, it, it's probably about 10 feet tall and about 10 feet wide. Uh, kind of has an arch to the, um, like a barrel vault to the, uh, to the roof line or to the ceiling. And you uh, follow this tunnel. Um, there's a couple places where you have to kind of climb over rocks and things, but it's never um, like like fallen debris. But it's never choked off the the um, the pathway. And in fact, as you are moving through this tunnel, you can tell there are places where it was probably completely blocked, and people have since come through and moved aside rocks and things to get into um, this tunnel to get further in um as you uh continue to walk you walk for about 10 or 15 minutes are you guys being sneaky absolutely yeah oh yes i mean as much as we can (laughs) go ahead and make stealth checks i did do a thunder step earlier but you know yeah we can still smell it So with disadvantage, I rolled a six, but I am going to use um, a dice on that. Maybe it's not worth it. I rolled a nine. Oh, well, I rolled a three. So, you know, now I've got a nine as well. Richter got a 26. Ruth got an 11, but then uh, Squire helped him out a little bit and added six. So I got 17. After a while of hiking down this tunnel that, again, it goes relatively straight, you guys can start to see light at the end of the tunnel. And the um, the light that you're seeing, I mean, it does kind of have that little like wavy kind of flickery um, feel of like flame, like a candle or a torch, but it's definitely brighter. It's more all-encompassing here at the end of this tunnel. And as you guys get to the... Uh, kind of to the the archway, you guys kind of get to the edge of the um, of this uh, this kind of tunnel um, exit. Oh, it's Don the bartender! Thank God he survived. He's okay, everybody. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> random man. Uh, we we posted him and and also random woman. We posted them both on the Discord a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, ran, just random man just makes me smile every time I see him. You can see that this opens up into a very large room. Uh, it is probably like 100 feet by 100 feet. Um, there is, uh, it's a square. You can see that there are pillars holding up the roof. And you can see that in the center of the room, there is almost like another room, a chamber. And uh, it has uh, kind of these portcullis or a barred gate um, that is uh, kind of uh, 
It's a square room in the middle of this very large square room. And on uh, in the center of each of the four walls of this central room, uh, you can see that there are these barred gates that um, are blocking off the center. But you can see through it. You can see this 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 uh, platform. It almost looks like a ziggurat kind of thing where there are stairs going up to this kind of central platform. On top of that platform, uh, you can see that there is this black spike it's a kind of black obelisk sticking up into the air out of the top of this ziggurat structure. And this um, structure, I mean, it. this room that you're in has a very high ceiling. Uh, we're talking probably 50 feet up, and these pillars are holding it up. And actually more than 50, it's probably 100 feet up in the air, actually, um, because this... this uh, this obelisk, this black spike sticking up out of the top of the ziggurat, it probably is 70 feet in the air off of the ground. Oh, wow. And you can see that moving about around this kind of central room, you can see just people, random people from off the street. You see a homeless looking person on one side. You see a very richly dressed old woman over on another side. And they're just kind of milling about um, kind of gazing in towards this central room, but they're just kind of walking around and they don't really pay any attention to you. As you guys are kind of peering in and kind of looking around the room and peering through the bars that separate this central room from uh, the rest of the room, you see up on top of the ziggurat, up on top where this spike is, you see a figure that is kind of flying in the air, very large, probably 15 feet tall, 12 feet tall, somewhere in there. Um, this figure has wings that stretch out behind as it slowly kind of revolves around this spike. It has this sort of train that trails down uh, from its waist. It has four arms and it has no face as it flies, hovers around this spike, this very foreign, very alien being is doing something here at this black spike. And you can see the spike has energy coursing around it and through it and um, i'm gonna have everyone make a quick perception check before the next thing happens i do not love this um i got a 28 perception pine got an 11 Roos also got a 28 perception 20 richter got a 13 well, uh, the twins, uh, Nari and Roos, um, they notice, so Richter and Pine can just see energy crackling around this spike. Um, Nari and Roos, you just are able to tell, even though it's moving very quickly, that the energy is moving from around the room and from the ceiling, and it's moving down the spike into the ziggurat and into the ground. As you are standing here looking at this figure i'm just going to tell you you are looking at the herald of ether the herald of the mind amavi 
And as that registers from up above, from the ceiling, you hear the crack of what sounds like popping and spitting of flames as the room suddenly gets even brighter. And from the infinitesimally, if that's a word, I can't, I didn't say it right. Um, Small cracks and fissures in the roof of this building. Suddenly you see flame erupt out and this figure forms up along the ceiling. Massive, massive, also between 12, 15 feet tall, made almost entirely out of flame. Orange body uh, with kind of spikes on the shoulders that look like flame flickering up, wings that spread out behind that look like feathers, but they are orange and fiery and flames and constantly moving and shifting. But this mostly humanoid shape descends out of the ceiling, looking directly at you four. And what he says is, those who fight against the inevitable shall be burned out of existence. And that is where you're going to stop for tonight. Jeez, Paul. Oh, crap. Man. Man. <laughs> oh, no. Would have really liked to rest. This is going to go great. You would have really liked to rest. You guys didn't have to just keep going down here. But ha- honestly, stopping to rest would have been a bad idea. I think so, too. Also, fighting this is going to be a bad idea, so... TPK also sounds bad. Yeah, I'm really intimidated by the token of Amavi. No, it's it's us. Yep. Amavi up here. Yeah. What about this guy? I mean, both of them look pretty rough. Oh, I didn't even see that guy. (laughs) You guys blundered into the chamber of Amavi, the herald of the mind. To be fair, we were kind of looking. We were kind of looking for this. We skillfully discovered. As the Herald of Flame has finished his work and has come to put an end to you. I'm so excited. Oh, so we get to fight two Heralds. Amavi doesn't... Well, we'll talk about that next time. Anyway... (laughs) We hope you love what we're doing because we are having a great time. Uh, go check out the Discord. You can talk with us. Go check out our shop. Check out Patreon. You can actually look at these maps. You can see where our players are and kind of my terrible descriptions of the locations. Um, you'll get a much better uh, idea of what's happening. And also you get some extra bonus content, including bonus episodes, character sheets, all that fun stuff. Anyway, until we get together next time, for a TPK. We hope you have a great time. <laughs>